the zip occurrence. Quick shot, left side. There's Malachi Coy. First guy misses. Second guy misses. Across the 50, flag in the play. He's free. Bye-bye. Malachi Coy up to the races as they set for the break. 94 yards and a cloud of dust for Western Kentucky. State a team that won 12 games a year ago. Got the Mountain West Championship game. To get off the bat in their season, their conference opener, but it's Chenty who slips the tackle, runs up field, Ashton Chenty, touchdown! We'll on first down to 10, looking for that end zone, he's got Harvey, and that's a catch for a touchdown! Old Dominion breaks the ice with 7.05 to go here in the fourth, and Javon Harvey holds in touchdown number two on the year. The G5 Hive. All G5, all the time. Welcome to episode number 14 of the G5 Hive, where we aim to bring you all the honey from week 13 in G5 college football. I am Justice, and I'm joined by Luke tonight. How are you doing, Luke? I've been better. Got a couple sick kiddos. feel like I got something coming down with me. I feel like that, uh, you know, I feel Fred. like Coach... Yeah, I feel like crud. I feel like that coach going into a hostile atmosphere. Um, hey, I just want to run the ball, you know, do my business and and get get our guys home, you know, safe and sound, uh, no injuries. So uh, I feel like I just got done being sick. Now here I am again. My, this is my first year. My kid is in like the school district, so I am very much feeling. Uh, the petri dish effect of uh kindergarten <laughs> all that is kindergarten that sucks man that sucks that sucks how about you how are things I- i'm doing well man i'm doing well had a uh had a good week uh in terms of winning in leagues um i think i was in six championship games and i won four out of the six um not so bad not bad um, and then, you know, of course, ODU won, got bowl eligibility. I was at the game. So, you know, that, that was a good thing. So, uh, since, since you are a season ticket holder, right? Do yep. you, do you get preference on, uh, tickets then they send you tickets or you say that you want, you mean like or, for the bowl game work? or something? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So they'll send, they'll send out an email and they, they you get preference, um, and I will say this, if the if, if the bowl game is the in Annapolis, which I think is the military bowl, or Myrtle Beach for the Myrtle Beach Bowl, or um, the one in Charlotte that used to be the Bahamas Bowl, it's something else now. Um, if it's one of those three, I, I will go. Um, the, the current rumor of choice is it's going to be the Hawaii Bowl, um, and I won't go to that, so... <laughs> I I mean I feel like it's an easy pitch to the to the wife. It's just like, hey, yeah, this is you know my yeah, team. Well, I mean, it's, going over, to Hawaii. it's it's yeah. Mm-hmm. I had to, have to bring the whole family and, <laughs> and, uh, and 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 the only reason I think people are thinking it's going to be the Hawaii Bowl is because the men's basketball team is playing in that Christmas tournament in Hawaii. Those same dates. Mm. So you'd have you know. The basketball Try to get tournament. more people there. Right. You have the basketball tournament plus the football team will be there for a bowl game. At least I mean, things aren't too political with uh you know trying to get money. 
So, I mean, I hope that would be awesome for the team, right? Awesome for the team to go to Hawaii. Um, but, you know, if I can't drive there, I'm pretty much not making the trip. So I, I'm rooting for the Military Bowl, the Myrtle Beach Bowl, or uh, whatever they're calling the Bahamas Bowl now that's a, that is in Charlotte. Those are the three. I'm, those are the three I'm rooting for. As a Hawkeye fan, I never go to a bowl game because you know when they do, you know, play in a New Year's, you know, bowl or whatnot. It's usually the orange, or it's usually uh, the Outback Bowl. They're either in, you know, somewhere in Florida. Uh, I remember one time they were in Arizona. I think they played USC and got stomped. They scored the opening touchdown and then got stomped there on out, but. It's like, yeah, I'm not going to drive to Florida. But. Yeah, the uh, ODU's been to two bowl games in its history. The very I didn't go to the first one because it was in the Bahamas. It was the Bahamas Bowl, and it was on Christmas Eve, so I, I didn't attend that one. But then two years ago, they were in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. They played Tulsa, and ODU sold 5,000 tickets. The, only, the, the attendance was 6,000, so 5,000 of 6,000 were ODU fans, so – I mean, I think ODU, if, if it's one of those three I mentioned, I think ODU will bring a couple thousand people. But uh, if it's not one of those three people can drive to it, I don't see it happening. So, As a fan of ODU, is this a a, a raging success uh, for ODU? Or are um, you disappointed? It's both, if that makes sense. Um, if you had told me before the season started that we'd be 6-6, six and six, I would have like been ecstatic, ecstatic. Um, but having watched the season, we could very easily be at this point. I would say be Eight, nine, nine and three, or you know, be over. I mean, uh, they won. I mean, I think they've won the most uh, one score games in in the NCAA this year. So. It could have gone either way, right? I mean, they were yep. really only out of um, two games, like completely out. Of, I mean, they were completely out of the Liberty game. Um, the Virginia Tech game, they were they were in it until they started turning the ball over. Um, so they ended up being out of it because of turnovers. Wake Forest. Wake Forest, they were winning the game, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, you know, yeah. I mean, it still ended up being a one-score game, so – yeah, they uh, it, it was it, so as the season unfolded, it's kind of frustrating because they would play so good and play so play so poorly at the same time. And uh, I'll talk about that later when we get to talk about their game. But um, yeah, it, it's it's been a it's been a very much a roller coaster with them this year. So I feel like another team like that. I mean, and we'll we'll get to it later. But I feel like another team like that is uh, Georgia Southern. It's oh like, yeah. Well, Georgia State same way. I think. And, I think. And Mar and Marshall probably like the other way. Like they weren't that great, and then they like you know got a couple wins, so they were almost like the inverse, but the same. You know, yeah, Georgia result, State and Georgia Southern haven't they lost like five or six in a row, something like that, <laughs> both of yeah, them. Yeah, it was. So, yeah. But anyway, let's get to uh, the news and notes. So what I think is probably the most important piece of news we saw today is that Delaware moving up to conference USA next season. Um, that that's awesome for Delaware. I, I'm a little familiar with Delaware. We played them 
Uh, they were in the CAA with Old Dominion and JMU. Um, would have been nice to see them in the Sun Belt, right? Review, re- renew some of those older rivalries. Uh, but the Sun Belt doesn't really have any spots. Um, and Conference USA does. Conference USA needs teams. And so Delaware moving up, that's pretty cool. I think uh, Kennesaw State is the other one that moves up next year, which gives them, I think, 11. Is there another Is there another team that moves up to join CUSA? Not that I can think of. There might, there might be one more. I, I want to say I'll maybe try, there I'll is. Like a Texas school or something. Um, but anyway, I mean, that, that's, that's awesome for Delaware. Um, they, they've been a traditionally been a very pretty good team. I mean, a pretty good team. They're not the, I would say they were kind of a powerhouse there. Like, you know, the Joe Flacco years and even before that. Um, but lately they've just been kind of an okay team. Um, you know, I'd say probably, you know, top 15 and, and FCS, um, so, you know, them moving up, that, that's cool for the state, cool for them as well. Um, you know, great to see. I can't find anything else other than those two schools. Gotcha. Uh, let's see. Chandler Rogers becomes the fourth player in North Texas history to throw for 3,000 yards in a season. Um, and, you know, that's kind of funny just because, like, in the, what the first maybe like three to four weeks, it was like quarterback roulette, right? Yeah. Um, until he kind of asserted himself and kind of got going. So he, he you know, he could have did, he could have did more damage had had he been the start of the whole year. Uh, Byron Brown broke the South Florida single season passing record. Um, be interesting to see if he stays at South Florida. Um, from a fantasy perspective, he's been awesome, right? Uh, but from a wins loss perspective, I don't think the team really met folks' expectations. But yeah, if- watching, watching. I mean, I've mentioned it multiple times on the podcast, but what watching Byron Brown and that team, it's not enjoyable to watch. Which, luckily for fantasy points, you don't always have to watch the game. You can just see the end result. But right to your point, in college, you kind of need to win. Otherwise, that head coach is getting a boot. You know, not too too long into their stint. So, yeah, it, it'll be important. Hopefully, he he comes back and and uh, is a starter, and you know, just progresses on. You know what this year was. And uh, one of our favorites, Darren Granger, has two thousand career rushing yards. Yeah. Um, so I got to see him up close and personal Saturday. Yep. How do you look? Um, just okay. I thought, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't blown away. Um, Marcus Carroll got hurt in the game. I was looking forward to watching him. Um, I did get to see a bit. So Casey Adams came in for Carroll and, um, I was not, (laughs) Old Dominion's rush defense is pretty good. So it's kind of hard to judge, right? They have, they have a pretty tough rush, rush defense. But Adams didn't really look impressive to me. Um, so be interesting to see. I think Carroll has another year of eligibility, I'm pretty sure. Um, so be interesting to see if he sticks around or if he, he, he looks to go elsewhere. Um, but, yeah, I mean, 
Granger looked okay for a college quarterback. I don't like I said, I wasn't I wasn't uh overly impressed, but you know the team should as we, a whole should we try didn't to, play that great. Should we try to get Granger on the podcast? See I mean I'm sure he listens. Uh, it's a G five hive, why wouldn't you? Um Yeah, I mean I think after the season, on. right? Maybe after the season. Um we can talk to him, talk to him about the season, and yeah, absolutely, we should try. Sounds good. I'll reach out. I'll see what I can do. Um, uh, one of the big injuries this week, Preston Stone oh. broke his leg against Navy. Um, you know, most of the fa- most fancy seasons are done, uh, but if you happen to play in a, a league that's weird and counts championships and, and bowl games, well, then that's important to know. Uh, I know there are some leagues out there. I used to be in a league. It didn't count like the uh, conference championships, but the but the finals, the championship was always over the bowl games. Um, and then we that they they after last year they finally switched it because of all the opt outs and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, but yeah, so Preston Stone broken leg. He will not. Uh, he's done for the year. And Kevin Jennings will get the start uh, against Tulane this week in the uh, conference championship game. And I think this is something to watch because SMU's defense uh, pretty good. But I will be curious, you know, more so for college pickums, uh, the bowl stuff, you know, that type of stuff that people who don't really watch college football, you know, might be easy pickings. Uh, taking candy from a baby, like oh SMU's got a really good record, and he doesn't look too great. And you know, I mean, I know Tulane was you know pretty good school, but based off your record, you're probably going to also play a pretty good school in the bowl game. And if you don't have your starting quarterback, uh, maybe take the other team or the other team in points. Yep, yep. So uh, some coaching news. Um, and some of this we already talked about um, in terms of uh, people that have already gotten fired or retired. We already mentioned that uh, Brady Hoke was retiring. I think we talked about that last week, um, San Diego State. But uh, a couple of names to throw around that I've, that, that I've seen uh, doing some research today. Uh, Nebraska defensive coordinator Tony White was contacted about the job. UNLV offensive coordinator Brennan Marion was interviewed. And former Navy coach... Ken Naumu Matololo was interviewed for the job as well. Um, you got any thoughts on those guys? Well, I mean, it kind of is what what do you want? So I think it's enticing. Uh, San Diego State being in the Mountain West, right? Maybe a Pac-12 team. So I think like you know them and Boise State, like you've got some teams that might. You don't really know what they're gonna do. I guess so. Hey, you get a, a DC from Nebraska that gets a head coaching opportunity, and they're in the Pac-12. Okay, that, you know that's pretty good. And then, what do you want your identity to be? I mean, San Diego right. State used to be like pretty darn good on defense. I mean, last year they, they were they were a good bad. defensive team and ran the ball down your throat. And I feel like that's kind of what makes. You know, that's kind of their identity. So yeah. it makes sense if they went, you know, Tony White or if uh, they went 
with a former Navy head coach uh, because and there if you know you bring in a former Navy head coach, you're probably going to run triple that option system, yeah, which will not be super great, but it will be hard to prepare for each week. And it's not like San Diego State's, you know, gonna crush it every year, but they might be a nuisance enough that they're able to steal a couple wins that they maybe shouldn't. So yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Um, yeah. I don't think if you go UNLV, I, I, it doesn't seem like that's their, their route that they should be going. Well, I, th- I think Brennan Marion's going to be a hot name this year. So I think that's kind of a long shot for them personally. Um, could be wrong about that, but I think, I think, I, I just think he's going. He's a hot name. I think you know we're, we're going to talk about some other time, other coaching jobs that are open, and his name comes up quite a bit. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a P five OC offer, right? Um, which could exceed, depending on which P five, could exceed um, what he get paid as a head coach of some of these jobs. So, yep. Uh, moving on to Boise State, you know, as we, we talked about previously, we, we talked about this one a couple times now. Um, Andy Avalos was fired in the season. Um, Spencer Danielson was named um, the interim. Um, he was interviewed for the job. He also said he does not plan to interview anywhere else. Um, I, I the, the other there's two other names I've heard um, rumors for for this job. Uh, one of them being former UVA and BYU head coach Bronco Mendenhall and the other Montana State head coach Brent Vegan. Um, just based on my research today, I think it's Danielson. I think it's going to be Danielson. Um, he's got crazy support from past players, current players. Um, I mean – my personal opinion, and you, and you would know this better than I would, uh, Luke. I feel like if Danielson gets the job, Genty stays at Boise. I think he'll stay. I guess I don't know for sure, but I am sure I would know a guy uh, that I can talk to this offseason. Um, <laughs> hint, hint, wink, wink. So I'm, I'm hoping to talk to him later. Yeah, maybe, 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 have, maybe, maybe have him on. Exactly. Hopefully we can get him for an interview after once the season ends. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, crazy. I, I feel like a, it's definitely Spencer's back, job. A while back, uh, it was two weeks ago, I had somebody ask me like, hey, is, you know, Genty going to play? And I had from a very, very reliable source say that he was not going to play. And then later in the week, it was like, he's going to be limited. And then that's the one where it's like the first half he really didn't do anything. And then after that, he kind of took off in the second half. So I don't think he was expecting, you know, the the workload that he got, you know, whatever it was, two weeks ago or whatnot. But, like, I don't know if I could have got much better information. Yeah. um, I didn't have the – I think I only started him in one league where I own him this past week. Um, and I, I, and, and, you know, so I think I won that league, but um, yeah, other leagues where I own him, I didn't have the, 
I didn't have the guts to start them against that Air Force defense. So, you know, I don't I don't think I'll ever make that mistake with him again, especially if he stays at Boise. If he's if he's playing, he's starting. <laughs> well, that'll be an interesting thing to talk about this offseason. Will be, you know, if he stays put there at Boise and they move to the Pac twelve, you know. We talk all these people who do Devi stuff and analytics, and if you're P5 versus G5, well, you know what's it going to look like if he's in the Pac-12 for like the one year, almost like you know anybody who's on Houston or I guess you know Cincinnati, any of those guys that like transferred their school up to the P5. So I'll be kind of curious on on how that is, or you know, not G5 related, but you know Damian Martinez going up against Mountain West type defenses. I mean, I feel like if Dwayne McBride can get drafted, Ashton Jinty's definitely getting drafted, right? I mean, that's just my personal opinion, but <laughs> Yeah, I he definitely has a skill set the NFL would want. All right, uh, next up, uh, we talked about this a little bit earlier. Uh, New Mexico and Danny Gonzalez was fired. Um you know, he led him to four wins this past this past season. Um, some potential candidates and, and some interesting ones um, that I that I've heard rumors. Uh, t- former TCU head coach Gary Patterson, former Auburn head coach Brian Harson, also a former Boise State head coach. Uh, once again, former UVA BYU head coach Bronco Mendenhall, um, Oklahoma analyst and also former Utah State head coach Matt Wells. Once again, former Navy coach Ken Naomi Matololo, Idaho head coach Jason Eck, Montana State head coach Brent Vegan again, and UNLV offensive coordinator Brennan Marion. What do what do you think here? I think this one's going to be like, I don't know, like New Mexico is not good, right? It's a hard place. Um, I feel like maybe. Patterson or Harson or maybe Matt Wells. My top guy, I think, would be Brian Harson. Um, just because it didn't go over well in Auburn, like did great stuff there at Boise. You know, things don't pan out. Boosters want him out. He kind of stays, I think, a year later than the boosters wanted. Yeah. And they're really trying to get him out. And I, I don't think he's a bad coach at all. And I, I think, you know, maybe this is, if you want to get back into it, this is uh, the best way to do it. So I think it's not like Danny Gonzalez. Like, I don't remember. He's probably got like six wins. Like, I, he does four, not have four. Four this past year was as high. So, so four. So he's probably at like, eight, 12 wins in his stint there. It has not been great. I thought he was going to get fired last year. They bring him back, and they didn't do much better uh, this last year. So, But, yeah, I think Brian Harson, you know, being a QB, former QB himself, I think that's what – and, again, I guess New Mexico, if you want to bring in a – an interesting offense and you want to go with an, a triple option type offense steel wins. That makes sense too. But I guess, yeah, I guess those would be my, t- 
two, and then my Matt Wells, you know, going from an analyst just to get your foot in the door, you got to go somewhere. That makes sense, too. And he's familiar with Mountain West since he was the former um, Utah State head coach, too. So, you know, that, but that that's good. Um, let's see. UTEP's up next. Uh, Dana DeMille was fired. Uh, the potential candidates I've seen mentioned for this job are Baylor offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes, Kansas State assistant Van Malone, Texas State offensive coordinator Mac Leftwich, uh, once again, Idaho head coach Jason Eck, Valdosta State head coach Tremaine Jackson, uh, former H- T- uh, TCU head coach Gary Patterson, and then I found this one interesting, Division II head coach of Texas Permian Basin, Chris McCullough. You got any uh, favorites there? I think I would go with Kansas State assistant Van Malone. Um, UTEP just seems like a team that would go for more of defensive guy in Kansas State. They're kind of known for their defense more than their offense. Uh, while lately, I mean, they've had some pretty good offenses, but I, I, I just feel like they wouldn't go OC related. That's just my gut feel. I mean, UTEP was two years ago was like they were great at covering spreads. Um, but yeah, anytime you get a mariachi band playing in your opposing locker room, I mean, you're going to get canned. I mean, what was it? Liberty pl- hired a, a mariachi band. Mariachi <laughs> band for the after the win. Yeah. Yeah, they sure did. Which makes me, you know, talk about like an ultimate troll job. Like you got to. You got to purchase that in advance and have them there for right when the game ends. Like they knew they were going to win. So that's what I, I think. I mean, yeah. I mean, um, so, so Van Malone, he's from Houston. He has, a, he's spent a lot of time in Texas. So that makes sense. Uh, Jeff Grimes, the Baylor OC, he is a former um, UTEP player. Uh, so I guess that makes sense. Um, the one I think the one I like the best though is uh, Texas State Oxy Mac Leftwich, who's also a former UTEP player. Um, that's kind of I think my favorite. Okay. Um, you know, exciting offense. He's he's got the the ties to the school. Um, so that's kind of my favorite. I, I did want to mention the uh, the Division Two guy. Uh, Chris McCullough, he's only 28 years old, so he's super young. Um, he's 19 and five as a head coach um, in uh, division Division two. He has a top five offense in Division two, um, but this that just seems like that just seems like way too big a jump to me, right? To go from a D two head coach to a FBS head coach. Yeah, uh, it, it, it makes more sense as head an OC coach, to me. The youngest head coach in the NFL or in the uh, NCAA is Kenny Dillingham at the age of 32. Currently, so, so. definitely would make him the youngest. Um, but I, I don't, I don't see them going, going that route. I really think it's going to be uh, Texas State offensive coordinator Mac Leftwich. Okay. 
So, which would be great for fantasy purposes, right? You know, he he came over from Incarnate Word with GJ GJ Kenny, ran that offense at Texas State this year. Um, so yeah, that'd be that that that'd be, I think you know, exciting for UTEP. Um, and then the last one is UL Monroe. Terry Bowden was fired. Um, the potential candidates I've seen mentioned for this job are. Oklahoma State quarterback coach and former quarterback from Louisiana Tech, Tim Rattay. Um, former UAB and New Mexico OC, Bryant Vincent. And Syracuse offensive line coach, Steve Farmer. Anyone you like there? I'll let you go first. I've gone first on, on, on the rest. Um. I'm going to say probably Retay makes a lot of sense, right? Because he's from Louisiana, um, got those Louisiana ties. Uh, you know, he, he did he did he did well with Alan Bowman this year. Um, I, I think if they want to go younger, that's going to be the route. I think um, they want to go with someone familiar. It's going to be Steve Farmer because um, he's been he's he's been at ULM previously, not as a head coach, but you know under he was offensive coordinator at one time, and then um, also an, an assistant um, at ULM as well. Um, so I think it's between those two. If it's up to me, I'm probably going to go with the young guy and give Tim Rattay a shot. I think – I mean, it's really unsexy, but I think Steve Farmer was probably the route that they end up going. Um, but, yeah, I would agree with you that that – Tim Rattay would be probably the best pick out of there. But uh, for whatever reason, my guts guts tell me they go offensive line. Um, they go safe. But, that's just, <laughs> but it's like, you know, you and Mel, you, UL Monroe, who are the teams that didn't make it in the Sun Belt for a bowl game? UL Monroe and Southern Miss. <laughs> and, and, what is, and what is that conference? kind of doing like they're doing running i mean they're throwing the ball everywhere like the conference yeah. isn't really run the ball so do you lean into being different and get you know win in the trenches run the ball be different than everybody else because again i think it's it's very key to be different than everybody else because it's harder to prepare for you like if you're trying to prepare for a team that throws the ball versus a team that throws the ball, you're just kind of changing maybe a couple things. Well, now you gotta, and then you kind of, you know, build your team to win your conference. So okay, you get DBs that you know can do this, and you get linebackers who are quick. Well, now you get small linebackers who are trying to you know cover running backs, etc. Well, now you come with a smash mouth, just exact opposite. I think that helps you steal some wins and maybe gets you bowl eligible in a couple of years. Or you 
are late to the party with everybody else and you try to out shoot everybody and do you think you can do that yeah so that that's why that's why i think my gut just tells me steve farmer is is the way that they go yep familiar and then it'll be they're, they're familiar with them too yeah so all right uh so that's kind of it for um coaching uh, head coaching changes and some jobs that have opened up i'm sure there'll be more and more as, as we get into uh the next you know over the over the course of this week um no real big injuries other than preston stone and marcus carroll those are the only two that i'm aware of um but again like i said uh most leagues from a fantasy perspective are uh, are done um so let's get into some game recaps uh, last week we talked about Tulane versus UTSA winner going to the uh, American Championship. Uh, Tulane won that game, twenty nine to sixteen. I got to watch probably I uh, watched all the first half, a little bit of the second half. Um, Tulane Tulane was just a better team to me. Um, you know, Frank Harris uh, didn't look as great in that game as he. Certainly not as great as they did the previous week, right? Um, that is that is for sure. Um, yeah, Tulane. Tulane's just a the Tulane's a really good G five team. Um, you know, they 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 proved it last year uh, as the G five representative in the New Year's Six Bowl. They got a great shot to to be that to do that again this year. Um, I think if, if you know if they win now, that, I mean, face it, they're they're playing SMU without Preston Stone, right? So I, I, I think Tulane will be the G5 representative once again for New Year's Six. Um, I think it, it'll yeah. be big for, for Michael Pratt's NFL stock as to how he shows off in that game because he got a lot of buzz after that USC game. Um, do you, think he, do you think he goes to the NFL or do you think he uh, parlays it into a transfer to a Power 5 school? I think he parlays it into a power five school. Um, I would like to see him come out this year, but seeing like the Alabamas, um, even this year, like who's going to win the Heisman? Like we think it's Jaden Daniels, but like, man, I usually think, quarterback um, award, the quarterbacks just in general have been meh yeah. this year. And I tell Next you who I, who, who I think might win it. Even less. If, or, if Oregon can beat Washington and Bo Nix have a good game, I think Bo Nix might win it. Real talk, though. Let's say Ash and Genty didn't miss any games and he balled out like he had been balling out. Could he have at least got an invite to the Heisman? Man, I would hope so. I mean, the chances of him winning are like no, he ain't gonna win. That's just reality. Yeah. But it's a quarterback he, award. Should he? They should, should he? Rename got, should it he quarterback. If he, yeah, if he didn't get injured and played that way the whole season, should he be gotten an invite? Absolutely. Absolutely. That would be. That would have been pretty cool. But should have, could have, would have. I think. I, mean, I, think, I, will I say, think it's between Bo Nix and Jaden Daniels is my it's is who I think, and I, I think I favor Bo Nix right now. So, like, I can see him parlaying it and going to the Power Five 
Um, I kind of think Alabama maybe has figured out their quarterback, Milrow. While he hasn't yeah. been great, I think has really developed over the course of the year, and I feel like they would be confident going into next year with him. Um, but it's not like Pratt like lit the world on fire against UTSA. Um, he was nine for twenty-two for one hundred and twenty-five and two touchdowns. Mainly, mainly lead on leaned on Hughes going for one sixty-six and one. Yeah. Um, damn near had thirty touches. I think it was twenty-five, twenty-six, something like that. But he, yeah, he crushed it. But yeah, I think I think he parlays it goes goes up because I think Power Five teams are looking for quarterbacks, and it will just help. I mean, I'm no quarterback scout, but also, what more can you put on tape that shows the NFL what you are? Like, what more can you do? You've already started a whole bunch of games, so I could also see like, hey, I'd you get whatever evaluation you're going to get and go. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Next game, Jacksonville State, New Mexico State. New Mexico State won the game 20-17. to I did not get to watch any of this game, um, but I was thoroughly disappointed in Zion Webb's performance. Um, Not to single him out because I had other players that got hurt during the games too, but – you know, I, I lost a championship by like 10 points, and I started Zion Webb. My two quarterbacks were Jaden Daniels and Zion Webb. And uh, I think Webb scored me like a whopping like four points, um, something like that. So kind of kind of sucked. He had been on fire the last couple of weeks, um, and he, he kind of had a stinker against Mexico State this week, which sucked. And, and then and they lost the game. Did you get to yeah. uh, check in? I didn't get to watch out? it. I didn't get to watch any of that game, but if I do remember looking at the box score, I don't think there was anything like that really like popped out. No, if no. I if I'm remembering correctly, no, nothing. Kind of, I mean, Pavia yeah. played okay. His stats looked okay, um, but yeah, that was really about it. Uh, JMU versus versus Coastal Carolina. JMU just kind of cruised. They, yeah. they won 56 to 14. Um, one thing I did see is Grayson McCall was dressed out. Uh, he was dressed out. He warmed up. He didn't play. But that, I mean, I think that that was a positive sign, right? That he was yep. at least dressed out. Um, perhaps he will be able to play in, in their bowl game. Um, the, the, the other interesting thing, I'm not sure if you know this, Luke. I know this because ODU plays JMU for years. But JMU has this tradition, every time they score a touchdown, their fans throw purple and gold streamers. Okay. And it, it no, happens I did not know this. Every touchdown, every touchdown. Um, well, I guess Coastal Carolina got to the point where they said, hey, you know, you got to stop that. You got to stop. So they warned them over the PA system, don't throw any streamers. Well, they kept throwing them, and, and people, JMU fans, got escorted out of the stadium for throwing streamers. Um, like, on one hand, like, I understand, like, you do it, but but the other hand, like, I don't know, like. That's the fun part of college football. It's tradition. You're doing it. it. If you're always doing it, then. Like, I got to say, great. like, 
if I got hit in the hack of the head of a full streamer, like I'm going to be pretty pissed off, you know, like not that it's like going to hurt or anything, but still just like just irritating. Um, I, I'll never forget. I went to an NC state, NC state versus uh, Maryland game. Um, this is back when Philip rivers at NC, it was at NC state. Um, they were and the winner was going to win the ACC and go play in the orange bowl. Uh, Tory Smith, I believe was at Maryland at that time. And I was, you know, I was probably 15 rows from the sideline. And as soon as, and Maryland won. And as soon as the game ended, man, like I got pelted in the head with freaking oranges. Dude, I was so hot. I'm like, seriously, like, like I realize why you're doing it, but like you're freaking hitting people in the head with freaking oranges. Um, so I, I see both sides of it, I guess. Um, and certainly like they want to do it in their own stadium. It is what it is, right? Um, but yeah, Coastal Carolina seems, wasn't having any of it. <laughs> seems more that Coastal Carolina, had they won, would have been in a conference championship game and they're being sort of losers. That's what it, I mean. It's not like yeah, it was a I close mean, game. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, was watching, yeah, yeah. I was I'm not discounting that at all. Yeah, for sure. Right. Like, I was watching the first half and I was like, well, this got out of hand. Uh, this is not, not, but at the easy. same time, right? Like, you can say the same thing. Like, you can be a gracious winner. You don't need to, like hit people in the back of the head with a streamer to rub it in either. I mean, fair enough. <laughs> it goes both ways, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, moving you know, on. McCl- Go ahead. McLeod. Surat. Jordan McLeod. Yeah. Awesome games. Um, yes. Surat six for 107 and three. A uh, guy to really pay attention to for next year. Is he? Does he have eligibility? I don't know. I mean, I know McLeod does. Oh, Surratt was a, is a transfer. He transferred up. I'm not sure. I guess you'll his. have to. Didn't he transfer? To... Let's let's see. Uh, I'm looking at fan tracks. Fan tracks only shows him this year, but he he was a transfer from FCS. I'm pretty sure. I'm not sure how many years he played. Um, and then you got uh, McLeod with 324 yards passing, five touchdowns, one INT, five yards rushing, another touchdown, dang near 50 points in a six-point six passing touchdown league. Uh, so, JMU just seems like you want the quarterback at JMU. doesn't really matter who it is. Uh, but, yeah, McLeod be a great guy to get next year. So he is. He's a sophomore this year. Um, he only he only played one season at FCS, so yeah, Serrat will be back for two more years. He's got well, he's got two more years of eligibility left. I believe McLeod has one. So, um, speaking of the Sun Belt Championship game, App State uh, played Georgia Southern, and App State won pretty handily, fifty five twenty seven. Um, we talked about it earlier, Georgia Southern. And Georgia State, for that matter, they kind of they started hot out the gate and then kind of fell apart at the end here. You know, I think I want I, I think Georgia State may have lost six in a row. I feel like Georgia Southern lost like four or five in a row to end the season. <coughs> they got a uh, Sean Clark first year as head coach, right? Yep. He's in the championship game. 
Um, it hasn't always been pretty. Uh, uh, passing the ball a lot more than uh, an App State team normally does, but doing it pretty dang dang good. Uh, Aguilar almost has 300 yards passing at 296, four touchdowns, one INT. They also did run the ball. Kanye Roberts said 14 carries for 109 and one. Caden um, Robinson, eight receptions, 108 yards, and two touchdowns. So, uh, again, Aguilar never hey, Ag- really Aguilar's rel- got another year left too. And never really relinquished that job once he took over uh, for injury. And uh, I, th- I think you know App State found their quarterback. Yep, I agree. Um, Air Force versus Boise State. We talked about this game last week a little bit earlier. Uh, Boise State behind Ashton Janty, who just uh, you know he's the man. The, uh, the they, fighting they won you know, they, 27-19. They need to just put Ashton Genty on the Bronco, the Bucking Bronco, and like that be their mascot. <laughs> he did everything. Right? He, yes, he, yes. 14 rushes, 107 yards, one rushing touchdowns, five receptions, 118 yards, and one touchdown. Like he was their offense. Um, so he's if he is not the Mountain West MVP, I will be shocked, even missing several Even games. missing, yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, Torrey Horton, he's put up a great year too. But Yeah, but not by Torrey Horton standards, though. So I mean, he had a better yeah. year last year. I think I think it's Genty's award for, for this year. I agree, I agree. Um, speaking of the Mountain West, San Jose State beat UNLV. But they do not get to go to the championship game. They they have some weird um, rules, right? Don't they go by like what the how they're there was a computer or something a computer model yeah. or some crap? Yep. Um, so and San Jose was like crushing UNLV, and then UNLV kind of you know slowly came back. But Kyrie Robinson did what Kyrie Robinson's been doing like all year, just running the ball and running it really well. 165 yards and two touchdowns. Pretty, pretty amazing uh, what he's been able to do there. Yes. Yep. He's had a he's had a good career. Um, and then one I'll let the, you I'll let you take over the ODU. <laughs> one of the craziest games I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, if I could describe how ODU played up until one minute, like one or two minutes to go in the third quarter, it would have been pathetic. It was pathetic, putrid, repugnant, whatever other adjective you want to throw in there. It was bad. They had 40, I think it was 44 yards of total offense at halftime. And up until that point in the third quarter, it was 66 yards of total offense. And they were down 21 to nothing. It was bad. It was really bad. Um, uh, I'm an Iowa Hawkeye fan, Justice, so that sounds electric. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was so bad. And then, you know, they scored a touchdown. And then, um, you know, I thought maybe they were going to get back into it. And then and they just couldn't get things going. And then <laughs> with one minute and 37 seconds left in the game, 
They're down by 10 points. They kick a field goal, get a safety, and score a touchdown to win. That's absolutely insane in one minute and 37 seconds. Obviously, they were driving and got the field goal at the beginning of that. Um, But then they got a safety and then a touchdown to win the game. Like, yeah. I mean, like. Are there any uh, streamers thrown? uh, No, no streamers. No That's a heck of a way to become bowl eligible. Yeah, man, it was it's it was freaking insane, dude. Like, yeah, like how many people left? Oh my stadium? god! Oh my god! Like most 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 people left um, at halftime, and then there was a time there was probably like I'd say like I want to say they're down ten with like five minutes to let left, and they had just gotten sacked twice they went for it on fourth and 19 on their own on like their own 20 and didn't get it and then then another big wave of people left right because hey they're already in field goal range well they block odu blocked the field goal um they blocked the field goal and then they they took that possession and that's when they marched down and kicked the field goal um so yeah so, so from from about like five to six minutes on like it, it was pretty a pretty crazy game. Um, I, I will say this. Um, one thing that we talked about Georgia State, and one thing that did left a really bad taste in my mouth. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm assuming you probably didn't watch the game, but the opening kickoff, uh, ODU cornerback Lamarian James is taking the kickoff, and this the Georgia State player absolutely levels them. Like they called it targeting on the field. I, it got overturned. How it got overturned is beyond me. Um, it was head. It was crown of the helmet. He lunged at him, hit him in the head. Um, like the replays show that. I'm, I'm, I just don't understand how it didn't get overturned, or how it got overturned. Um, anyway, scary situation. He was knocked out cold. The kids laid out cold. You know they got to get the cart. They're taking his you know, face mask off, all those things. Most most players are on their knees, right? They're on their knee, like worried about, you know, Lamar and James' health. And as soon as, like, as soon as the referee came back and announced that it wasn't targeting, the number of Georgia State players that are jumping up, down, dancing around, pointing fingers, like that just like I don't know that just really left a bad taste in my mouth. Like here, this dude, regardless of his targeting or not, this dude's like you. This dude's seriously hurt, and you're sitting there around like jumping around celebrating the fact that it gives the appearance you're celebrating the fact that the guy got hurt, and that's just like I don't know, just poor. It had the it had the the visuals of poor sportsmanship, like really poor sportsmanship. So, but you know that's football, I guess. But ODU won the game, so you know I guess it's karma, right? If, if you want to look at it that way, so got bowl eligible. They uh, they're going to their second bowl game in three years under Ricky Ronnie, which is which is pretty cool. Um, several other Sun Belt teams won their games, become bowl eligible. Louisiana Lafayette. Uh, we talked about Marshall as well. Um, they both became bowl eligible. Um, I want to quick talk about 
Cam Fancher. We've talked about him on our 2020. Man, killing me this week, freaking, freaking Rob, uh, uh, vulturing Rasheen Ali, man. <laughs> so he had 100 yards rushing, two touchdowns, and then couple that with 214 yards passing and three touchdowns. I mean, he, he had in a six-point passing touchdown league, that's right around 49 points. I think it's 49.49 or something like that. But just a huge, huge week um, showing the mobility there for Cam Fancher. I, I at least wanted to, you know, give a shout-out. That was, that was a good good uh, week there for him. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did have a good week. Like I said, he vultured Rashid Ali, which sucked, but that happens, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving to the Mountain West, Colorado State, man, loses on a last-second field goal to Hawaii, so they don't get the bowl eligibility. Um, but Utah State does win, and they do become bowl eligible. Pretty cool for them. Um, the American – See, Rice wins to become bowl eligible. Navy lost. They're not bowl eligible. And South Florida won to become bowl eligible. So maybe the you know that, that'll help satisfy uh, those South Florida fans that haven't been um, too happy about their uh, their play this year as far as wins and losses. Oh, no. Anytime you're a first-year head coach. Or you can get bowl eligible. Coach, that's but, awesome, right? But uh, new head coach to a program. Typically, it's not your recruits, um, and you can make it to a bowl. I think that's always a good sign. Absolutely, absolutely. Positive, positive. Uh, things moving in a positive direction. Also, got to see uh, Damien Henderson. He, he got five carries, only 19 yards, but he was a freshman, right? That a freshman for Colorado State? Yeah. Well, but so, the other, but the other freshman, the other other freshman that was shining for him the last couple of weeks was Justin Marshall. Yep, um, but it was just nice on, to see. Kind of came on strong the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the MAC, Eastern Michigan and Northern Illinois both win to get to bowl eligibility, and but Central Michigan lost, so they are not bowl eligible. Um. So, yeah, let, let, let's talk a little bit of bowl eligibility of who, who's going. Um, and I guess next week we'll talk more about the matchups when they announce them on Sunday. Uh, but the Americans, six out of 14 teams, 43%. Uh, the six teams that made it for the American, Tulane, SMU, UTSA, Memphis, South Florida, and Rice. Uh, one thing I did not know until today, um, Army and Navy have to be bowl eligible before um, their game because their game. I did not know that either. I didn't. I didn't know that. And I was looking it up today, and and apparently they have to be bowl eligible before the Army-Navy game. And, and, you know, if you think about it, it makes sense, right, because the Army-Navy game doesn't happen for two weeks. um, And then, like, bowl games literally start that week. So um, from a planning and and, and that kind of perspective, it makes sense. because Navy, well, one one of them's gonna, one of them is technically gonna get to bowl eligibility because I think they both have five wins. One of them's gonna have six, but unfortunately, neither one of them has those six wins that is needed before that matchup. Um, Conference USA, four out of nine teams are bowl eligible, forty-four percent. 
um, Liberty, New Mexico State, Jacksonville State, and Western Kentucky. Um, Jacksonville State gets in despite being their first year in FBS. Um, that's because there were not enough six-win teams. So both them and James Madison got to go as well as Minnesota, um, who only had five wins, but they were the top APR team. So not, I'm not glad, enough. I'm glad to see um, Minnesota get in uh, for Big Ten. Uh, cause I really want to see more Darius Taylor. Uh, yep, for yep. selfish reasons, I want to see what that looks like. But uh, yeah, and, and, I, and I'm happy for Jacksonville in. State and JMU too, right? They they deserve it, right? They've yep. they've done everything right in terms of scheduling, um, and so they deserve it. That, that's pretty cool that they that they both get in. Um, so yeah, one, especially one, you know the whole the whole you know hey you can't play for a conference championship. Yep, um, but getting to go to a bowl I think is big. One one matchup I think I'd love to see, and it'd be a G five on G five, is Liberty versus JMU. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see that matchup. So um, a lot of people say, well, maybe Jacksonville State and JMU will play each other. Eh, I mean, I think I'd rather see JMU and Liberty play personally. Both in both in the same state. Um, that'd be a cool matchup. What about JMU versus Troy? That would be a cool one yeah. too. But, give, us, give us a conference championship game. Yeah, that, I mean, typically know, they don't match up, you know, teams from the same conference. Um, so I think that was kind of a long shot, but yeah, that that'd be interesting as well. Give the fans what they want. That's right. That's right. Uh, let's see the Mac six of twelve teams, so fifty percent of their teams made it. Uh, Miami, Ohio, Ohio, Bowling Green, Toledo, Northern Illinois, and Eastern Michigan. Uh, Mountain West, 7 of 12 teams for 58%. Boise State, San Jose State, UNLV, Air Force, Wyoming, Fresno State, and Utah State all make a bowl. How, like, the season for Air Force, Wyoming, and Fresno State has just been, you're just kind of disappointed in the win loss, especially Air Force, right? Like they started off so hot, and they've just kind of like the last what three weeks or so, kind of crapped the bed. So you know, more or less. Yeah. Um, and then finally, the Sun Belt. Sun Belt. Twelve, Sun Belt. 12 of fourteen teams, eighty-six percent. That's just insane. In my opinion, um, the entire Sun Belt East makes the uh, makes a bowl game. So it's App State, Coastal Carolina, Old Dominion, Georgia State, Marshall, Georgia Southern, James Madison, Troy, Texas State, South Alabama, Arkansas State, and Louisiana. Um, as we mentioned earlier, Southern Miss and Louisiana Monroe are the only two to not make it to a bowl game, and then JMU. Despite being in their second year of transition, they do get to go to a bowl game, which you know we talked to is said well deserved, well deserved for them. Um, but really impressive for the Sun Belt that twelve of fourteen teams um, made a bowl game, and that's it's great for the conference. Um, you know, they're they're one of the better G five conferences, I feel like, and so uh, that's the good 
good uh, good publicity for the conference, good advertisement, all that sort of stuff, right? And you had some big big wins. I'm trying to remember who South Alabama beat. That was Power Five earlier in the season. Ooh, Oklahoma State. They they that they Oklahoma beat them pretty State. bad, didn't they? Yeah, and then they're and Oklahoma State's in the Big Twelve championship. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so. Sun Belt, Sun Belt, Sun Belt's a tough conference. Um, which I think you know, evidenced by like you know a lot of six win teams because they beat up on each other. Um, and then G five versus P five. There were none this past week, um, but we'll have some in the we'll have some uh, in the bowl games coming up. Uh, top twenty five appearances. See, Tulane has moved up from 18 to 17. James Madison stayed put at 24. Um, Liberty moved up from 22 to 20. Uh, Toledo stayed at 23. And then if you kind of go to the others getting votes, uh, Troy would be at 30. New Mexico State, 32. Memphis, 34. And Miami, Ohio, 35. So... I don't see any way that Tulane's not going to be the the G five rep, um, especially playing an SMU team without Preston Stone. I don't see how they I yep. don't see how they they lose. Um, and so that's, I mean, yeah, I, I don't. I, Tulane's going to represent the G five again, and and like we talked earlier, they're 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 a really good G five team. So, yep i I agree. Hopefully Hughes also kind of balls out, shows what you know he can do there as a true freshman, and uh, yeah, I had a, oh, I'm really excited to see Memphis in their bowl game, whoever they play, because I think they're going to give. Hopefully they pay, play a Power Five team and kind of give them some fits, but that team is a team to look out for next year. Uh, Seth Hennigan, I believe, comes back. You've got they, they do lose. Wider. They do lose Blake Watson, though. Yep, they lose Blake Watson, but they bring all their wide receivers back. Um, uh, Rock Taylor for sure. I'm not sure about Blakumsa. I'm not sure he what comes his, back. Does he? Okay. Yep. So they will be a team that you're going to want. You know, you're going to want pieces of that offense, and definitely think Rock Taylor is going to be the main piece. But yeah, you're gonna want you're gonna want parts. Players um, of the week. Yeah, players of the week up next. I didn't I didn't do a graphic yet, so we'll just kind of take it as is. So I went with uh, I talked about it earlier, but I went with Jordan McLeod, JMU, 324 yards passing, five touchdowns, one interception, five yards rushing, another touchdown on the ground. Uh, good for 47 points uh, in six-point passing touchdown leagues. Huge game by him. Uh, was going to do Ashton Genty, but uh, you could just do him every week. So I decided to forgo that and uh, went there with Jordan McLeod. And I picked uh, Levi Williams, quarterback, Utah State. Um, their third-string quarterback, he led them to a big win this week uh, to get to bowl eligibility. And he had a, you know, from a statistic standpoint, had an amazing game, 198 yards passing, two passing touchdowns, 153 yard rushing, um, another three touchdowns rushing in the 44 to 41 win over New Mexico. 
again, giving them bowl eligibility. And then I saw this today, which is just a, you know, a cool, you know, human interest story. It's not only like, you know, was he the third string guy came in, led them to a big victory, but seems like a good guy as well. Um, Cause he announced that he is giving up his one year remaining eligibility that he is going after the season is over, he is going to join the Navy in hopes of becoming a Navy SEAL. So kudos, kudos to uh, Levi Williams, you know, not only being, a, you know, leading his team to victory this year, just being a sounds like a great person as well. So, yeah. So a little uh, tidbit on being a Navy SEAL, but uh, Kyle Schlicker, he used to be a kicker for Iowa. He became a Navy SEAL, and he's – I don't know where they all are stationed, but he's in Chicago, uh, and he does Navy SEAL training. He is a trainer uh, of Navy SEALs in Chicago. So there you go. Oh, pretty cool. I mean, like Pat Tillman's another one that comes to mind. He wasn't a SEAL, but you know he's another one that was an NFL player. And gave up playing the NFL to go serve his country, and he, and he died. You know, those are always, you know, great human interest stories. You know, great, great, great Americans. <clears throat> um, again, no G5 versus P5 this week because it's all conference championship games, but we do have those conference championship games to look forward to. So in the Conference USA, we have New Mexico State at Liberty. Liberty is favored by 10. Over under 54 and a half. Um, and that is a 7 p.m. game on Friday. What what do you what do you like in this game, Luke? Uh give me Liberty and the points. Really? I, I like Liberty to win outright, but I don't think that I don't know they're gonna beat Mexico State by 10. It is a home game, so still I, I think I think I think New Mexico State keeps it. If we're if I'm taking the if we're betting with the spread, I'm taking New Mexico State. Um, I, I just think Liberty's defense, or uh, I'm gonna go with their offense, is just too much in this one. Yeah, it's it's. It, I mean, Pavia they have kind of been lackluster a little bit, but I do, I do like the over on fifty four and a half. We'll have to mark mark these down. I'm gonna yeah. <laughs> see how we did that. Like, yeah, right. Luke, Luke, Liberty. Justice, New Mexico State. I suck at betting, so Luke's going to win. Um, all right, moving on to the MAC. We got Miami of Ohio versus Toledo in Detroit. Toledo is favored by seven and a half over under 44 and a half. Um, and that's a noon game on Saturday. What, what do you like in this game? Uh, I like Toledo outright. Uh, seven and a half, I feel like, is a big number, uh, especially on a neutral field. But I think Daquan Finn is enough. So I think I will take – because, like, Miami's Ohio's, they're going to run the ball. Yeah. Toledo's also going to run the ball. But it's going to be with Daquan Finn and Pet and – Penny bone. Uh, yeah, I'll take. I'll take the uh, seven and a half is such a big number. I'll take Miami to cover, but I like 
Toledo outright. I thought you were going to take Toledo. Because I, 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 I was going to take – that's who I would pick. I'd pick Toledo with the seven and a half. So we, we differed there. That's good. That's what uh, I'm marking down. That's look, what I'm marking down on the sheet is who we're taking with spread. spread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. All right. I think uh, it's limiting. I think it's limiting uh, possessions, and you can see it there in the over under at yeah, forty four yeah, and a half. That that, that 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 it might. Yeah, you're right. That that hook of a half point. Yeah, I, I can see that. You know, where Toledo might only win by seven. All right. Um, let's see. I think this one we're both going to agree on. But uh, Mountain oh, yeah. West, Bo- Boise State versus UNLV. Now the game is in Las Vegas, but it's not not at UNLV's field. It's it's at it's in the at the Death Star. Um, Boise State minus two over under fifty eight and a half. And that's a Saturday three p.m. game on Saturday. Um, I'm gonna take Boise. But the fact that Boise is a two-point favorite, granted, it's not at the, their field. It's a neutral site. It's not really neutral, right? Um, not from not from a fan perspective and familiarity and all that, of course. Yeah. So give me yeah, give me Boise State with the two points. Yeah, uh, and I yeah I figured we would agree on that one. I, I also would take Boise I mean, State. I mean, I'm biased. Points. I'm, I'm biased. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't call that biased in this one. I, I just think Boise State's the better team. Um, all right, moving on to the American SMU at Tulane. Tulane is favored by five and a half, uh, over under a 48 and a half, and that's a 4 p.m. game on Saturday. You want me to go first? Uh, give me Tulane. Uh, okay. I, no, that's fine. I'll, I'm going to go Tulane. I think they can win by a touchdown. Uh, but I think I would take the under. In general, it's 48 and a half. Uh, SMU's defense is no joke. Um, but yeah, I think I'm going to take uh, Tulane there and the total under. I, I am with you on uh, taking Tulane and the points. Um, I just don't have a lot of faith in SMU without um, Preston Stone. Um, I don't really have an opinion on the over-under. Um, and finally, the Sun Belt um, App State at Troy. Troy minus 6.5. And, over under a 51 and a half, and that's a 4 p.m. game on Saturday. This one I think's tough. Uh, give man. me Troy. Troy minus a six and a half. Yeah. So Luke's gonna take Troy. Let's see. Oh man, I think this is really tough. Oh. Hi. I think, I think I'll just take App State, man. Like I, I think it's tough, um, and I'll just to be different. I'll take App State. I do think Troy wins outright, though. I really do. But you know, App State can just come up and surprise you, right? I mean, like look what they did against JMU at JMU two weeks ago. You know, I don't think anyone would have expected them to win that game, especially being at JMU. So. Um, and this game is at Troy. And then Troy did lose at home. And Troy did lose at home to JMU. 
Yeah. So in the year. So um, yeah, give me App State. So um, that's going to do it for this week. Um, check back in with us next week. We'll be going over these conference championship games. And we'll also be talking about um, all the bowl matchups because they will be announced uh, next uh, su- Sunday. So we'll, we'll talk about those G5 bowl matchups and, and what we see there. And um, I'm sure we'll have some, uh, you know, news, coaching news, maybe some uh, transfer portal news, all, all, all any anything we can find on the G5, we'll, we'll cover it next week. But I think our, our primary focus will be like the bowl games, right, uh, and what those matchups look like. Yeah, there'll be plenty of time to talk about transfer portal stuff. At some point, I think it would be nice to to go over some coaches with their like new head coaches with their team. Yep. Uh, yep. Just like highlighting their records, how they did, uh, ex- compare it to you know previous regimes type thing. Just to kind of give people an idea of what those new teams look like. Did they switch from an off? Did they switch from an offensive mind to a defensive mind? Did they switch from a you know? Historically, passing offense to running off, you know, things like that. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, All folks, right. Uh, that's going to do it for this week. Um, once again, we thanks for your support. Uh, please like, subscribe, retweet, um, leave five star reviews. Uh, we're available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, so you know, like, comment. Um, support us. We appreciate it. And uh, we will see you next week.